Well, hello there. I know why you're here. You're here because you want to know the dirt. You want to know the drama. What could Wendy have possibly done to receive a lifetime ban somewhere in New York City? Well, let's get into it and I will explain. First off, I wanted to send a huge thank you to everyone who has already listened to the podcast, shared it, and reviewed it. I appreciate it so much. You have no idea. If you haven't yet and you do enjoy the show, please share it. I'm trying to reach as many people as I can. And also, if you would like to support my show. Additionally, I do have a Patreon account. The link will be in the notes. It's absolutely not required, but every cent helps me set up the show every week and keep it hosted and live. You can reach that website at patreon.com slash the spark effect. We have a goal of 10 and a link will also be in the show notes, but let's get to why you're here. How did Wendy get a lifetime ban? Hmm. Welcome to the spark effect. My name is Wendy Durrell, and I am a lifestyle and health director, a yoga teacher, and a stepmom. I believe we should all live the healthiest and happiest life possible, and I know how hard that can be to do on your own. Sometimes it just takes a spark to change a life. If you're looking for help, inspiration, or support in things like confidence, diet, fitness, career, relationships, and family, then make yourself cozy. I'm here for you, I believe in you, and we are all capable of doing amazing things. I want you to live the best version of your life possible. I know this is going to be good, so let's hit it. Did you ever watch the show Felicity? Before I moved to New York City, it was one of those shows, it was probably on the WB or one of those channels, and I would watch it and I would dream about living in New York City and their lives on this show. Now, having been here well, well over a decade now, I can tell you that that show was a lie. (laughs) You don't live in these giant, amazing lofts when you first move here. In fact, when I first moved to New York, I actually lived in New Jersey. (gasps) I was in Jersey City Heights which turned out to not be quite as close to New York City or as accessible as we originally thought it was. We we would have to take a bus and then the bus to the PATH train and then the PATH train. Once once you hit the PATH train, it was easy. But getting from our apartment into the city was totally a stain. And it was not the Felicity dream that I thought it would be. But one of the things in the show that really like I loved, I loved the idea of just being able to leave my apartment and be at a coffee shop within a block or two. I love the idea of walking everywhere. I love the idea of walking into like a bar and having someone say, hey, Wendy, and knowing my drink. I loved this concept and this idea of it. That did not happen in Jersey City Heights. It did also did not happen on the Upper East Side where I lived for a couple years after that. I didn't have anyone that knew who I was when I would walk into a place. And it wasn't until 2009 when I met Lou. And I, I'm trying to remember if it was 2009 because it was the end of 2009. It was probably 2010 when it happened. But Lou moved up to the top of Manhattan, like the last train stop ever. And I, you know, by then was dating him and became friends with his friends. And one night they all said, let's go to our local bar. And I went with them and it was the first time I'd been there. And we sat in our booth and had like the most delicious burger I've had in forever. And I had such a good time. It had like such a warm, homey feel. And that place kind of became our place. And eventually I moved up to the top of Manhattan and and briefly lived with um, a friend of ours before Lou and I found an apartment together. And that bar became our bar. It saw us two to three times a week. And within 
I would say a month or two, the bartender there, there were a few bartenders there. They knew, they knew who I was. I would walk in, Wendy, and someone would get me at that time. My drink was rum and Diet Coke and they would have it on the bar ready to go. They'd already be pouring a Guinness for, for Lou and our friend Doug. It was just, it became that place to the point where we got to know the staff. We, um, we didn't even need a menu, but we would almost always ask for one. (laughs) And, um, and it became our second living room. We got to know the managers there. We knew, you know, the staff and their kids. It was it was seriously our second home and became a scene, a place for so many of these like amazing moments in my life. One of Lou's very good friends, I mentioned him in, in episode two from North Carolina, pinged me one day and said, hey, I want to come out and surprise Lou. How can we do this? And the two of us came up with this this plot where he would fly in and I would go grab him at the train station and then we would go to our bar. And so we did that. And then I texted Lou. I was like, you have to hurry and get here. There's a married guy who won't stop hitting on me. (laughs) And so Lou comes, Lou rushes to the bar. And his friend has got his back to him, but his arm around me. And so Lou's like ready to punch this guy out. And then he spins around. He's like, hey, it was like the best surprise. We spent holidays there. I mean, if after, you know, Thanksgiving, that's where we would end up is this place. And we would make friends there. I, one of our good friends now, I, (laughs) I saw her across the bar one night and remembered her name and asked her if she wanted to play trivia with us. She joined our trivia team, then her boyfriend joined our trivia team, and our trivia team started as three of us and grew to, I think, let's say three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight of us. <laughs> and um, and that also became a fixture in our life. We would go every week and play, and some weeks were really rough, but we had a really good balance as far as knowledge Um, We have our good friend who knows geography. We have me that knows like really shitty 80s music. (laughs) And uh, and all together, we became reigning champions there. And it was 2016. I was on a plane on my way back to New York City. And I looked down and I had a message from my trivia team, Guinness. And it said, you guys, the bar is closing. And it was the worst news. And we all, you know, had tons of questions. Is it closing? Is it being torn down? Is it sold? And we found out it was sold. And the owners actually own another place in our neighborhood that we'd been to a few times. And so I texted one of the bartenders there who I'd become friends with and asked her like, oh my God, what's going on? Are you okay? And the first thing she said to me was, I really hope that the new owners keep me and the other main bartender, um, who we have become very close with. And he's just, he's the best. He's the best bartender in New York City. So she said that. And I was like, me too. What have they said anything? And so this is all happening on social media, talking about this bar closing, because it was such a fixture in our neighborhood that it meant a lot to the community. 
The new owners seem like really nice guys. They were not jumping into the online posts. It probably That's probably smart. But people were going up to them and asking, like, what's going on? Are you keeping the staff? Are you keeping the food? And they were basically saying, we don't want to change anything. We, we'll, well, we don't want to reinvent the wheel. We want to keep this place a neighborhood spot. We know how important it is. So that was like, it was kind of a relief to hear that because the last thing that our neighborhood needed was another bar with overpriced drinks and complicated fruit food (laughs) like we have this one bar where we have like you know bar food (laughs) and it's not healthy at all but again kick-ass hamburgers so it was a relief to hear that but we kept asking the staff that we knew if they'd heard anything and the concern was they were just going to shift people from their other bar over to our bar and get rid of everyone and so we asked our main bartender if he'd heard anything have they talked to you have they are they bringing back staff and there there was there was no communication happening with the staff so that was upsetting and because of the way things work today a lot of this discussion was happening on facebook within our community groups and we were a little concerned because the other place that the new owners owned, they had said before the opening, we're not going to have live bands. It's not going to be really loud because we, we do have some really loud venues in our neighborhood. And almost immediately they had live music and were really loud. And, you know, it's New York City, so whatever. But if you say you're going to do one thing and then you don't, it kind of makes us a little concerned. And as the time wore on and they weren't saying anything to the staff, people were posting online and asking about it. And I totally admit I jumped in and was like, I really hope you bring these people back because they're really awesome and important. But nobody really knew what was going to happen. The weeks went on, we kept going till the very end, we were there till closing night. Lou got one of the last burgers, they actually had to run out and get more meat after his. And it was sad. It was sad to see the place close down. It was really sad to see the boarding go up because they were going to renovate it. It did need to be renovated. It could use it. And online, there wasn't a whole lot of chatter as far as if they were going to bring back our staff. But they were posting updates, like picture updates of the interior. And so we were excited and and supportive because... We had been to their other place, and but consistent with like, I really hope you bring back these people. The place was finally close to a soft opening, and I heard from the female bartender that she was going to work there, and I was so stoked, but I was super bummed about the guy bartender. And our relationship got a little weird because, like I had said before, one of the first things that she said, I even went back and looked at all, like, I have all of these messages still because they're all, you know, saved in Messenger and stuff and, like, snaps and stuff. Um, One of the first things she said was, I hope they keep the both of us, but she kind of soured on this guy and it was disheartening to see that. But soft opening was happening. Uh, they opened, I think they opened on like a Friday, but we had to go get my stepdaughter. So we, we went the next day, we went for a brunch and all of the food was different and it was very similar to their other place. And, you know, it's, it's opening weekend and it's a soft opening. So we're willing to, you know, give a lot of grace, uh, for any mistakes, but they didn't even have American cheese, (laughs) which is so weird. And our guy friend who came with us, he found hair in his food And so again, there was chatter on social media and it was only on, I only talked about the the hair incident and about the food on my own wall and it still exists and all the comments still exist. 
but I was honest about it. And I was also honest with like, we'll totally go again. There was also some public posts made in our community group. And I admit we did come on a little strong about being bummed out about our guy bar- guy bartender not coming back and about the hair and the food. But again, like we're totally going to come back. So it was, it was totally an honest review, but a little harsh. And later that night, Lou had to drive our stepdaughter or our stepdaughter, his daughter, my stepdaughter back home. And so it was a little late and I got a phone call from a phone number I did not recognize. And so I let it go to voicemail like you do and check the voicemail a couple minutes later. And it was the owner for the new place calling to let me know that we are no longer welcome back to that place. Lou and I are no longer welcome back with no explanation why just very, I still have the voicemail. In fact, (laughs) very like, you know, quick message from this man. I don't know at all calling me late at night. And so super creepy. And so I, I immediately get on the phone with Lou and I was like, so the owner just called me and said, we're not allowed to come back. So then I'm texting the, the female bartender who is, um, I, I suspect intoxicated as she's talking to me. Uh, but she's like, you're both lifetime banned. You can't come back. And I never got a reason why, but I have to assume it was because of the posts on, on Facebook that went on. And I, I was way more upset about this than, than Lou was. Lou called the owner when he got home and was like, okay, you know, if you guys want to do that, that's cool. I'd like my money back for our visit earlier. If my money's no good there, then I'll expect a refund. And the owner said, no, we're keeping it. So it was in that moment that I realized that the new owner was like, I was embarrassed for him. (laughs) I was embarrassed because I think that he was reacting like, like a, like he was having a little child tantrum over a post on Facebook of all places (laughs) and had called a woman he doesn't even know um, to tell her that. And then was like, no, I'm keeping your money. (laughs) Like I am. I'm still like embarrassed for him. But so I'm pinging the female bartender and she's the one that gave my phone number over to this guy. And I realized in that moment, like, wow, like, we're not friends anymore. And how dare you give my private phone number to someone I don't know. So I basically said, please don't give out my phone number to strangers. I keep this, you know, private. And then I went back and I looked over all of the things that had been said, especially the the things that I had said, because I was so upset by this. Like, guys, I, I've never even had a parking ticket. I've never smoked pot. Like, I've never had anything like this. And then I, all of a sudden, I have a lifetime ban from a bar in New York City. It's like the, the, the strongest, like, disciplinary punishment type thing to ever happen to me. But then I realized it wasn't really a punishment because those are not the kind of people I need in my life. And after looking over everything that I'd said I stand by all of it. I was being honest. And, you know, no one ever said that doing the right thing was easy, but it's still the right thing. And the right thing in that case was to make my voice heard and to defend those who deserve to be defended and to be honest about my experience at that place. So since then, we've found a few other, you know, local bars and have heard from others that still go there. Um, actually they don't still go there. They go to another place, but heard that, you know, everything was changed. 
they they didn't keep their word about anything. But the place does look beautiful. The renovating is gorgeous. And I don't wish any ill will towards them at all. I just don't need that in my life anymore. So it's one of those things where the consequences of doing what I felt was right kind of sucked. But in the end, it, it ended up being better. We, we ended up going to we, we go to new places. Now, we actually go all the way downtown to visit the guy bartender who has, you know, we will follow forever because he's that awesome. Um, and it all turned out okay. There are a few things that I wish would have played out a little differently. It did cause some friction amongst some friends. It is still a sore topic for me whenever that place gets mentioned because it's like, me? I got a lifetime ban somewhere? <laughs> Which is totally my ego speaking, but but I also kind of think of it as a badge of honor. <laughs> I've been in New York City since, what was it, 2000. Four, I think is when I moved here and I, I have I have received that that level I've unlocked the the banning level if that's if that does exist so that is my episode this week was talking about the scandal of Wendy getting a lifetime ban in a New York City bar why it happened how it happened and why it was a good thing we all have that thing inside of us that tells us when something is right and something that we have to do even when it's hard and so to kind of tie in a message to this there are things in your own life that you know you should be doing that you know you need to get done because it's the right thing to do so next week will be episode five we've made it to five episodes that's going to be pretty awesome and next week's topic is pretty exciting so i hope that you tune in i hope that you're having a wonderful week and that the weather is better wherever you are in new york city it is currently raining and humid and awful but i have two adorable dogs that are napping next to me right now an awesome community of friends who are working to live a healthier life with me and just so much goodness in my life I am about to get my workout in. I've got more coffee brewed. Life is good. I would close today's episode with the theme song from Cheers, but I would get hit with like copyright. So just hum it in your head. Love you guys.